Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and today I am here with Brees Pillay. Brees is a principal solutions architect at AWS, and he's here to talk about AWS AppSync and everything that's going on to help developers. Brees, thank you for coming to the podcast today. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about yourself and your role at AWS. How long have you worked here? Uh, some background and what are you focused on now? Yeah, sure. So happy to share that. So um, yeah, my name is Blaise Pele and I work as a principal solution architect at AWS. Um, I've been at AWS for about six years. When I um, first got started at AWS, I was working in enterprise support as a technical account manager. Um, so I did that for a couple of years uh, based out of Dallas, and I worked with a couple of um, uh, customers, um, you know, mainly into telco industry. Uh, did that for a couple of years, and then I Is joined... Is that part of uh, like what people call the technical field community? Yeah, exactly. That's the technical field community. Uh, and uh, typically, that consists of technical account managers and pro-serve and right, right, right. solution architects. Yeah. And, that's, and, and so I was specifically into enterprise support um, that... Uh, works with customers that actually, you know, pay for that level of service. So yeah. customers pay for enterprise support and they get a team of technical account managers that helps them along their AWS journey. Um, maybe making Solving sure- Solving real problems. Yeah, exactly. Instead right. of what's so, on the portal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you actually work with customers and the to, to cool thing about working as a technical account manager, you work with customers on their solutions, but you also worry about the deployment phases and the maintain, yeah. maintenance. So- you kind of see the you know the whole picture, the the start to beginning, well, and, and the start to end. And there's never really an end. It's just you you think about well, we're going to deploy this, and how is this actually going to work in the cloud? How are we going to make, maintain it? How's um, operations going to work for that? Yeah, you don't get to walk away from a project. Exactly. It's, it's now yeah. how the, the business. Yeah, yeah. how did the business runs? Yeah. Exactly, and you work closely with um, customers there. So um, when there's a problem, you hear about it. So oh yeah, you know their, their concern <laughs> kind of becomes your your concerns, and uh, you know it's a, it's it's the real thing, right? It's not just deploy and run away. It's the real thing. You you help them maintain that o over time, and you know your your main thing is trying to uh, ensure their their success. You want your customer to be as successful as possible, uh, implementing on top of AWS. Right. And so now what led you to the the team? So you said you were in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, now, are you still in Dallas? Are you, where are you now? And, and what is the role today? So currently I am in, uh, based out of Seattle. So I moved in Seattle uh, sometime last year out of, you know, found a, you know, it was a pretty interesting time. And, um, you know, yeah, decided what a time to, to, to make move. a yeah. move from Dallas to Seattle. I had been at, in Dallas for quite a couple of years. Um, but uh, I decided to to switch roles, and so after enterprise support, after working as a technical account manager, I worked in our specialist organization. I was a mobile specialist, um, oh, nice. working with customers, helping customers that are looking to build mobile solutions, uh, mobile application, web applications, and use um, our services to help do that. I worked there for a little bit, and then um, you know saw an opportunity to work a bit more closely uh, with the AppSync team, which is the team that I work on now. And so now here in Seattle, I work as a principal solution architect in our product management team for, for AppSync. Love it. Amazing. So why don't you, for the listeners who maybe haven't used AWS AppSync before, why don't you just give the a brief overview of what AppSync is? Sure. So 
AWS AppSync is essentially, it's a managed service that allows you to build modern APIs and build um, really interesting applications. Um, one way to describe it in a nutshell is that uh, AWS AppSync is a managed GraphQL service. So I'm sure we're going to talk about GraphQL yep. a little bit, but, but GraphQL is essentially a, a, a query language that you can use to build modern APIs. Um, and so for customers that are looking to use something like GraphQL, they can use AppSync as a managed service to deploy those APIs without really having to manage inf any infrastructure. So it provides GraphQL as a managed service, and it also provides real-time capabilities um, along with that. So uh, it uh, provides an implementation of what GraphQL calls subscriptions, and then customers can use those real-time capabilities to implement real-time functionality in their, up, their applications. So if you've got an application, um, very si simple example, like a chat application, and you want to write an application that receives those notifications within the, the app in real time without having to constantly pull your backend for those new messages, AppSync can help you build that using its real-time capabilities. And so, you know, AppSync is that service. It, it makes it easy to implement these modern APIs based on GraphQL, the real-time functionality, and right. it makes it really easy to connect different various data sources um, in your account so that you can expose that data to your to your applications. I'm having, I'm having, I, I love this. I'm having flashbacks to when I was building early websites, there was something called ADO, Active Data Objects, and DAO, Data Active Objects. And mm -hmm. then there was a thing that you would set up on Windows service called OlayDB. And the whole idea was just, you were building this front-end experience in, you know, for your customers, you shouldn't be so concerned with where the data was being pulled from, just that you had access to the data in an yeah. efficient way. And I, I remember when we would build, oh gosh, I I, uh, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast. So I used to actually compete with amazon.com for a website called microwarehouse.com. And if there's anyone listening, we used to spam people with these catalogs. So Mac warehouse, <laughs> data warehouse, right? This is back when you would order machines by calling yeah. an operator, like through a catalog and stuff. And um, it's, it's funny because you may have seen this with some customers and we can talk about maybe some examples later. But what would happen is, and this was an eye opener for me, is that data can get dirty pretty fast. Yeah. And once we had like a centralized, very efficient way for developers to access data and start displaying it, we realized how bad things had become across all our systems. And we had to actually like go in and figure out what was happening. And it was interesting because a lot of it was like mainframe stuff that was left over when people would order catalogs mm -hmm. and, and all of that sort of stuff. So that, that, that vision, you know, like it, it feels like your team's really focusing on that, that application developer experience. Does that yeah. like, what are your thoughts? Does it like, cause it excites me this entire space. Mm -hmm. And it's always, it always has, right? Like what, what are your thoughts kind of on this space that you're trying to accomplish here? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we're definitely trying to make it easier for um, developers to build applications, right? And kind of like you were talking about, like data is really hard to move around, right? right. Um, even into backend, right? And now think about moving that data from the backend to the front end, but think about all the challenges that comes along with that, right? The right. amount of data, the shape of the data, the you know, uh, the security around the data, whether or not somebody is, is supposed to uh, access that data or not. So you know, when you talk about developer experience, I think that's a really you know fun and exciting 
uh, area to be to to work in um, because it's a tough nut to crack, right? I think at the end of the day, we want our developers um, in this space to have a pleasant ex- experience and to to really feel some some level of joy and uh, excitement when they are building these applications and not have to trudge along trying to you know you know connect two pieces that that don't fit together or or do things that are really hard to do, right? So what we want to do is you know, talking, you know, in, as an Amazonian in this space, what we're really trying to do is, is really focus on that customer obsession and really trying to understand what our customer pain points are. Right. And it's, it's not that we enjoy the pain, but we want to understand the pain and the challenges that our customers are facing so that we can then better address it. Right. I think that's always the first step, making sure we understand what our customers trying to do and what, what difficulties do they have doing it? And then when we understand that and take the time to understand how they work and where they work, then we can really take technology, right, and try to address that that problem. And that's what we're trying to do with 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 AppSync and some of the things that we're working on. We really want to make it easy for customers to to build application. And at the end of the day, for developers and for businesses, it allows them to really uh, provide that business value because the faster they can produce, they can put together these applications that work and that are easy to manage, the faster they can actually provide that value to their own customers. So I think that's that's the really key thing that, that we're trying to do. But we've got to make sure that they've got they have a pleasant experience and that they can actually be successful um, doing those things. I, I couldn't agree more. I um so as someone who's a little naive with GraphQL, can you walk me through and this is why I love doing a podcast because I meet folks like you and I'm gonna learn something here too. Can you walk me through the benefits of GraphQL and why you leveraged it and what that offers our customers. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe just to explain what GraphQL is. Um, first. Yeah, please do. So, to, to, to very like simple explanation, and, I, and I'm going to try to kind of paraphrase it or quote it from the graphql.org uh, website. So GraphQL, it's a query language and a runtime um, that allows you to access, you know, your data essentially, right? So GraphQL is a new way of creating APIs that allows you to to access data. It has a a couple of benefits. And a lot of time people talk about, well, we already have REST APIs and that's what we've been doing for a long time. Like why use GraphQL? There's a couple of benefits to using GraphQL. The first thing is that it um, has a schema definition language um, that allows you to model your data. So you can really start to think about how your applications what your applications need and how your applications need to interact with data and model that data. By modeling that data, you become really specific about what your clients need, and then you can be really specific about how you return the data to your your applications and your clients. You define your queries and mutations, and then when you ask for data, you ask for something really specific. So it's not like a uh, a nebulous type of request where you're just going to get a whole bunch of data and you don't really know what you're, you're going to get back. With GraphQL, you can use the schema definition language and you can use what we call selection set to select the data, the set of data that you want to get back. And then your clients get exactly the data that they requested for. So they understand, they already know the shape or the format of the data that they're going to get back. And then they can control how much of that data they, they want. One of the great things about GraphQL is that you can use a single API to cater to multiple applications and multiple clients because those clients can actually say, based on this schema, this is the data that I want to get back. And these 
these clients may have different use cases, but all of these use cases can be fulfilled by this, this API because it has that flexibility that allows them to, um, to, to get what they want. So that's what the, the schema de, uh, the GraphQL does, and it, it allows you to connect to your data sources, right? So now clients don't really have to worry about where well, where is my data stored, like what format is it stored in, you know, what's going on in the backend. They don't really have to think about that. Uh, all they have to think about is connecting to a, is interacting with your API, and then your GraphQL runtime takes care of getting that data from um, your data sources. And then when we talk about the runtime, this is actually where AppSync comes in, right? Because you're going to need something to actually implement that service. Um, and while you could do it your, yourself, right, there's a lot of heavy lifting here. Again, you know, there's not a ton of benefits to end users, uh, and it's really hard to do. And so this is where AppSync comes in as a managed service that's going to allow you to connect to your data in your AWS account and make it easy for your um, clients and applications to, to connect to it. Yeah, I I can't help but go back to like T-SQL. I used to be able to pull, like SQL never let me down, mm -hmm. right? It was like, and this is back when I was building .NET apps. And then what I was starting to do was I was moving my different tiers to the data layer, which ops did not like. Like I started to have these insanely long T-SQL scripts in order to deploy it to production because I just, it never let me down. And yeah. this sounds like that. And for a lot of it back then, for me, it was scalability. It was just super fast and security. And that was a different world compared to like what we get nowadays with real time. Like you think about, you know, I think about my social media feeds and the big data sets and the real time data sets. Yeah. Is that something that, you know, AppSync thinks about and why you're using GraphQL is really this secure, scalable, real time access to data yeah. too that developers are going to get for just like, Part of using this service, yeah. Part of it is is that right. So, AppSync as a managed service, you know, like a lot of our serverless services, what we try to think about is, or the burden that we try to take on um, is the scalability aspect, right? right. So, AppSync right. is definitely going to scale, you know, and it's it allows developers to not have to think about it, right? So, it I scales like that, automatically, yeah. right? And that's 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 kind of the, a great thing for developers. You don't have to think about, oh, I'm going to have to add two servers for this event that I've got coming up um, to tomorrow. And then it addresses some of the other uh, really uh, complicated things that you've got to think about. Like you mentioned security, right? Um, authorizing access to your API is, is one thing, but then also making sure that only the right people have access to your backend is another All thing. All the right? crowd so operations, yeah. Yeah, AppSync yeah. takes care of that, right? You, we, we offer, AppSync offers a lot of different authorization modes for a lot of different use cases. And I really think that that's one of the strengths of, of AppSync, that you can use AppSync in a lot of different use cases because it has the authorization modes that allows you to do it. So whether right. you have um, users, whether you have backend systems, whether you have IoT systems that need to get that data, uh, AppSync allows you to easily easily do that. And then it allows you to connect to your data sources by using um, uh, IAM uh, permissions, which you know we we all know about and yeah, yeah. which, which are, are really strong and, and really secure. So you know you know who is ac accessing your data because you've given AppSync specific uh, permissions to um, to access that data. Um, and then other things like real time. You know when we talk about doing things like um, you know making sure that somebody can receive re real time notifications. 
there's actually a lot of hard work that that goes into that. And um, AppSync yeah. also implements that out of the box. So things like subscriptions, what AppSync is doing, uh, essentially, it allows you to get notified of every change that happens in the AppSync system. Um, so for example, if I change, if I do what we call a mutation, something that changes data, um, AppSync can notify clients that are listening for those events about the, about the change. And the way we do that is by using WebSockets. Now, if you think about having to allow to manage like millions of WebSocket connections, it's really hard to do. I mean, there's a ton of scale that goes in there and you really need to know how to do that. But you you get that uh, that functionality um, uh, out of the box. So it becomes really easy to implement those type of real-time uh, applications. And then when you take all of that together, that really reduces your time to market. You don't have to worry about the, the, the scale that much. You don't have to worry about the, the security, the real-time, the broadcasting aspect, and it really allows you to focus on the on the things that actually matter to your customers. And then you reduce your time to market, um, which overall, uh, at the end of the day, benefits um, the developer and um, and you know the the business as well. Yeah, I um, and you mentioned some use cases too. You don't have to mention any names, but I love like some of the examples you just gave. I just started to think about the first time I was trying to do push notifications on Android yeah. and other things like, do you have anything because you've been, you know, in the technical field community too, what are some of the, the is there any examples you can give where customers are using this service today across, you know, different kind of categories where they've seen success? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, so I think in general, we're seeing a lot of customers use uh, AppSync to connect their applications. But in in terms of um, areas like categories, um, some of the things that we see a lot of, uh, of is broadcasting, right? So this is one of those real-time components where we're seeing um, customers that are building applications that um, that have this real-time comp um, component to it. Um, so let's say, um, you know, something like a, a, a scoreboard or a real-time application um, that's supporting uh, some type of, um, you know, live event that uh, people are watching. We're seeing a lot of customers use subscription to um, implement broadcasting. So they'll have, you know, a huge amount of customers connected to the site and they need to send a notification in real time to let them know that something has happened. Um, so we're seeing customers use su a subscription and AppSync's real-time functionality to, um, to implement that. We're seeing a lot of chat, uh, chat-like or chat type of systems being implemented to okay. um, to build um, user engagement in in applications. So chat rooms or um, uh, you know users that are commenting on again on on events, but you know things that have that type of interactivity. AppSync makes it really um, easy to do that. Another thing that we're also seeing is like this offline uh, offline first applications. Um, and so this is a combination of two, um, two uh, services that we provide at AWS. Um, we've got a library called Amplify Data Store that allows you to build uh, offline first applications. So these are applications where you build the application not necessarily thinking too much about how connectivity to your backend works. You're really thinking about, you're building your application with a local first uh, model in mind. So you're building your application only thinking about the data that's on the device. And then you've got a library like Amplified Data Store that works with AppSync to synchronize your data automatically. So your application actually does none of that. The Amplified Data Store library automatically synchronizes data, gets the data that you need, pushes the data. And that allows you to write these offline applications. So these are applications that work uh, with or without any functionality. 
which yeah. when you think about it, like we would want, you know, I wish more applications were written like that, like applications that work regardless of where I am, right? Where, you yeah. know, whether I'm stuck in a tunnel somewhere, I'm out and about and no, no functionality, you know, I can still take a note in that application. And then when I come back home and I'm back on my Wi-Fi, that application automatically synchronizes that, that data. So where, you know, uh, seeing, um, you know, a lot of different companies, um, use this for you know note tracking systems or you know catering applications or tracking applications yeah. where um or field service applications where people are going to work be working in remote locations and they've yeah, got warehouses work that needs to be done fulfillment like that was an yeah. eye opener for me as somebody who's in was in the mobile space for a while uh launching all uh types of uh, mobile platforms across different companies including firephone uh, mm -hmm. at Amazon was just when you look at mobile dev versus other dev, like you never think in web that you're connected, I guess if you're doing like Google Docs offline or something, but you just never yeah. really, you, you always got the internet, but suddenly at any time when your app could be like looking for a data connection and it's just timed out and gone. Yeah, that was an well, eye opener for me. As or the app could actually close, right? Having an event yeah. that oh, they just they went to the home screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, so if, if you it, think about it, the probably to apps where you've had the best experience have some type of offline functionality yeah. implemented. You don't really yep. think about it, but if you take some time to really consider what are the apps that give me the less problems or where I, yeah. you know, that, that just work. And they probably have some type of offline capabilities implemented in there. And that's what really gives you that crisp or buffering. Um, user experience. Like I was in, uh, I was in TikTok the other day and something happened to my internet connection and I was still browsing videos. It yeah. took like a couple minutes and then suddenly it was like, oh, you don't have your internet connection. You know, it's like, we just take it for granted now. It's, yeah. it's great yeah. that the service takes that into account because that's the world in which developers live. Um, when you're, when you're thinking about this stuff and future releases and, you know, maybe somebody's checked out AppSync before, can you talk, like, what has your team been focused on lately? Has there been any kind of new releases that look to kind of relieve developer pain points in, uh, within this space? Yeah, sure. I mean, so we're always innovating on behalf of our customers and we talk about the developer experience. I think we, 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 we want to keep innovating on that. If you look at some of the stuff that we've done recently, we've actually had quite a few uh, um, releases that have come out. Um, one of the ones that we did, for example, um, that was pretty heavily requested is our custom domain name feature. Um, so this is a feature that allows you to use your own custom, your own domain name with your our apps and KPIs. So let's say you uh, you know, you implement an API, typically what we do is we give you a default domain name, like something appsync.amazonaws.com, something like that. But, you know, you may not want to use that. You may want to use your own domain name, you know, for a multitude of reasons. So now you can do that. You can actually take your own domain name, so something at api.example.com, and associate that with an AppSync API. A lot of benefits to that, you know, um, it gives you a lot of benefits when you go to production. Uh, another cool thing about the feature is that you can change the association with the domain name at any time. So you can you nice. know, swap out your APIs into background without having to uh, update your clients, right? Because they are connected to your domain name and then you take care of swapping out the, swapping out the, the APIs. So that's that's been a pretty cool one that we did recently. Um, Another one that we did is um, just a couple of days ago is configurable uh, batching um, for uh, AWS AppSync. Uh, so the way to explain this um, is uh, one of the great things about AppSync is that in GraphQL is that it allows you to um, uh, request data um, 
in let's say in a single request so in, in rest a lot of times you would have these situations where if i want to get a lot of data i'm going to have to do multiple requests to my back end with right. graphql you can combine all of those in in one request and get exactly what you want but there is a situation that uh where we have what we call the n plus one problem and this is a problem that occurs when you have one request that leads to n additional requests Right, so maybe you you wanted to get your list of posts for a blog. Let's say you have a blog application. You get the list of posts, and for each of these posts, you then have to get all of the the comments associated with that with, with those posts, and then you have to get all of the authors. So you see, right. you have this kind of cascading uh, request. Right, these are what yep. we call the n requests, and as that long, that n number grows, it can become pretty hard to optimize how you get data from your backend. So we introduced a feature that allows you to configure the number of requests that you can send in batches to a Lambda function to handle those end requests. Um, this is really going to help customers and developers optimize how they handle these situations where they've got a ton of requests that they've got to get back. So for example, instead of doing like 100 different queries to a SQL backend, now they can do a single query and maybe do select in something and provide a whole bunch of IDs and get all of those um, those those um, those items those rows of data in a single request in, instead of doing a hundred inefficient requests to this, their SQL backend. Yeah, that's really cool. It's like it's got me thinking. It's like nested relationships. Yeah, it's it's going in and because that's the way data is today. You're absolutely right. It's like mm -hmm. you can't post a single source of data online without getting someone's opinion. Yeah. So be able to, to drive through all of that and pull it in so it's more relative mm -hmm. uh, for, for people to look at it. That's, that's awesome. So I, you, just, you just got me thinking, like, if I'm going to go now and I'm going to check out AppSync, and now that you've, you know, you've worked with all these customers, like, what would you want developers to take away from this episode? Like, what are the the advice you would give them if they're just getting started with, with this service? Yeah, so I would say definitely, um, if you're just getting started with, with GraphQL, right? Um, you know, first of all, go on graphql.org or learn graphql.org and, you know, learn more about, about GraphQL, get familiar with, with what it is. Right. Um, but start thinking about, you know, think about what your, your application needs, right? One of the things that I like about GraphQL is that it, it puts the focus back on the end user. So start thinking about, you know, what are the needs of my application? Start thinking about the, the data modeling, like what can I, what does my application need? And start modeling your data um, from from there, and start thinking about the areas where GraphQL could um, could be useful for um, for uh, the work that you're doing. Right? You know, I, I would you know I I don't think that to get started with GraphQL you have to rip out and replace what you've like a REST API that you've got there or anything like that. You know, find the areas where GraphQL could could be useful. And you know, consider AppSync as a managed as a managed service that can um, that you know can help you implement your 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 GraphQL API because you know standing a server that actually implements GraphQL is 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 kind of hard. So AppSync can right. really help you in in that area if you really want to get started. And then check out our documentation. We've we've got um, pretty good documentation um, on um, you know we'll provide the links to that I'm, I'm sure. And check out some of our our public uh, customer use cases. 
We've got quite a few customers that are using AppSync today, and we've got quite a few stories like customers that are doing some pretty uh, amazing things. And I think that can uh, inspire others to to get started with uh, with GraphQL and uh, and AppSync as well. That's great. I will I I put GraphQL.org. I'll look for these customer use cases. I've got the AWS AppSync site. Anything else you want me to share? Any links? Can, can folks uh, connect with you online anywhere? Yeah, if you want to connect with me, I think probably the easiest place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, it's at Brice Pele, so at B-R-I-C-E-P-E-L-L-E. Uh, feel free to contact me there. Um, you know, anytime we have something going on with AppSync, something new going on, I, I post there. Um, yeah, so that's probably the, the best place to, um, to, to find me. Great. Brice, this has been this is awesome. I've certainly learned some things. I'm looking forward to checking out this service. Thank you for, for taking the time today. I, uh, I enjoyed this conversation. Oh, thank you very much for having me. This was great. I mean, I could talk about GraphQL and AppSync all day. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we've, we've got to cut it off at, at some point, but this has been great. Um, yeah, you know, really, um, you know, hope that you'll uh, check out GraphQL, see a lot of the, the benefits that it could uh, bring to your application and your organization as well.